Hello, and welcome to yet another episode of the Back to the TARDIS podcast, the podcast where we discuss every single episode of the 2005 revival of BBC's Doctor Who. I'm Jeff. I'm Skylar. And I'm Sylvian. And this week we are discussing Series 5, Episode 11, The Lodger by Ansem Seeker of Darkness. It's another one of these... It's a companion light episode with the Doctor spending most of the time of this episode trapped on Earth with the normal, uh, relatively normal Craig Owens played by uh, a pre-fame, pre-late-night uh, TV uh, talk show host, James Corden. Uh, yeah, it's, it's sure an episode. Um, I liked I, it. Yeah, I'll just say that. It, I don't know me too. Yeah, I don't was, really I I didn't hate it, but it's just like there's there's always been like <coughs> I've mentioned this I've mentioned this the last time that I watched it, but I swear like huge parts of this episode feel like like a gay porn but without the sex. <laughs> like it feels weirdly homoerotic and sexual tension at times in a like i it's weird that i say like it makes me uncomfortable but like like there's just something that just feels like <laughs> so true um yeah i don't know i like i like the dynamic that we have it's it's pre 11 is horny all the time 11 yeah. So it's like it's nice to see him with people that aren't River, Amy and Rory and Clara doesn't really count in that equation because by that point it it was too far gone. Yeah. Um but yeah, um it's just it's an interesting setup. It's, you know, I get why shows at least in the past this isn't really too true anymore with how big budget TV shows are now, but like you need the you need the episode or two with the low budget. Yeah, the cheap the cheap episode, yeah, yeah, yeah no, it's I, not a clip I, I show, agree. and it's not Love and Monsters, so we're off yeah. to a good start. <laughs> it's yeah, yeah, it's fine. So we get off, we get off, uh, we start with uh, the TARDIS uh, materializing, uh, and Eleven walking out, and pretty much immediately being thrown out. Um, because of weird shenaniganry, um, and he gets a note, uh, to go, uh, to this one house, which is where Craig is, uh, currently renting out a room, and it, it, it very clearly sets up that this is Craig, and this is his friend Sophie, who he very clearly has romantic attraction for, um, and... And then in comes Eleven, and hilarity ensues. We... Like, I, I feel like... I know it doesn't do it constantly, and I think it does pick up in the second half more when they move... Once they, like... Actually, maybe not the second half, but more like the, the third act when they move out of the, like... Craig doesn't really know what to make of Eleven, or... Eleven does weird thing, or Eleven is better than Craig at everything. It's yeah. just I don't I don't know. It doesn't it doesn't do too much for me. What saves it um, for me is 
the heart because there's there's small moments you get like um like the the conversation that sticks out to me is Eleven talking with Craig and Sophie after he realizes he fails to realize that he that Craig wanted to be alone but he's sitting there talking with them and he's sort of like in his very like wise but like seemingly childish like way of going about things um mm-hmm. convinces Sophie to like go for her dreams and everything and it's a very like yeah it's a very good 11 like classic Matt Smith moment of seeing the ancient wizard alien person behind like the childish veneer like stuff like that is good if it was just the jokes just the tee hee hee just the oh 11 can talk to cats thing um i don't think this episode would work like nearly as well as it does also i have to say i've never watched an episode of the simpsons ever but I kind of know the concepts of some episodes by just, like, pop culture osmosis. Isn't there an episode where it's just, like, the entire plot of the episode is a normal person has to put up with Homer's shit? Because that's what parts of this reminded me of. You, you might be unlucky, because I'm, like, one of the five people on this side of the country that hasn't seen The Simpsons. <laughs> so... I mean, I haven't either, so... Uh, <laughs> I uh, I have seen The Simpsons. I do not recall the episode you're referring to. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, so, okay. Um, yeah, and it's just... I don't know. I feel like... <sighs> I feel like there's something missing in the dynamic there. Like, it feels like there's there's a bit of a missing piece. And I, th- I guess that's kind of the point, because Amy's obviously on, like, is obviously on the TARDIS and can only interact so much. But it feels like they're ki- the thing that's missing is kind of like a middle ground between the two polar extremes that are, like, Eleven and Craig. Yeah, I get what you mean. Sophie is kind of like a weird, awkward element. Yeah, and like also, the yeah, actually, yeah, job, Sophie but... should be more present, too. Like, she's only really around at the very beginning and then, like, more towards, like, the... And I guess it is, like, 45-minute syndrome, but it feels like... I don't know. If Sophie was, like, there more often and was, like, un, like generally there for most of the runtime, too... I feel like it would be a little bit better, but she's, like, literally absent for most of the episode, it feels like. Yeah. I mean, get... I, I, I'll agree that Sophie wasn't the best written, but, like, the Doctor and, and Craig's dynamic didn't really bother me. I didn't find anything It didn't wrong bother with it. me, but it feels like it's a little hollow. It's it's missing something. I, I like it. I, felt, I, I liked it. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's also, serviceable. I think it, also, this, yeah. The Sophie thing also is just because she's not as present as much, like, that angle of it also really lands flat. Because, like, it's entirely from Craig's side. You don't really know, and I get that's kind of intentional, but you don't really know how she feels about anything at all until the very end. And it's just like, I wish there was another side to this. Yeah, it's kind of a shame that, like, the dynamic between craig and 11 
gets like the best it does once he's in on it like once like the headbang scene is like really cheesy and you could argue like why doesn't this ever show up again like shut up i like it um like once he realizes what 11 is all about it seems to like be better there's like that missing element that's like there and perhaps that's because like now we have someone with the doctor that like fills the companion role completely um i don't know it's just like it's a shame that like once that happens then it's like oh sophie's about to die we need to get into the finale the finale and the finale is fine um but yeah it's just i don't know i i I could be misremembering things because obviously like i i know that like (laughs) at least i remember that in series six the episode with craig is worse than this one yeah no it is and Craig obviously knows about the doctor by then. So, you know, maybe it's maybe it's a mixture of like of uh mitigating circumstances, whatever. Um But yeah, that I, I agree. There's the the dynamic works because some of the writing is good. Matt Smith knows what he's doing at this point, and James Corden it does well enough and he hasn't gone on to be the the late night host that annoys me so much, but I digress. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 part of it too. Is it's weird for me to not look at him and think of like carpool karaoke with the musical star number five hundred and seventy nine, ish or like whatever. It's just like uh... yeah, no, I. This, I was talking to Jeff before we started recording about this earlier, but it's like there were certain points where I'd start to get annoyed by the character, and I'd have to stop myself and be like, okay, wait, is this is this because of anything the character and the actor is doing right now, or is it because I have, like, foreknowledge of all the bullshit he will do? Yeah. <laughs> and it was always, like, the latter. <laughs> so... I yeah. mean, it made me annoyed, so I'm counting it either way, even if it totally was fucking irrational. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, uh, there is, uh, um, so yeah, uh, the, you see there's this mysterious figure on the second floor of the, the flat building that, uh, Craig lives in, uh, that's summoning people inside from off the street and killing them and then using their image to get, more people which is sort of like your your ongoing monster plot um and other than that it's just 11 trying to investigate and and figure shit out while keeping a low profile so he can get back to the tardis um and that's pretty much the the crux of it like i don't know i feel like i feel like the other thing where it's like Craig is fine but for the more kind of slice of lifey approach that this goes for I feel like the character writing needs to be stronger to make it work. Like, I kind of zoned out a lot during the midsection. Because it's kind of, like, repetitive until you get to, like, the soccer game. Yeah. I I think I would classify this as, like... Because when I was putting this on, I was, like, really stressed in the morning. And, you know, for all the criticisms I have of this episode, it kept me entertained, but it felt like... The whole time it felt like I was watching, like, very competent filler that, like, gets you satisfied in the moment. And I felt like this could be 
more than that. And like, yeah, I and suppose- also because like I, I, I like for example, I, I like the idea of the like the Doctor being stranded on Earth and going back to that that third Doctor unit days sort of thing. But the problem is that this isn't and was never going to be that because it's the budget episode that they can also film at the same time while Amy's off doing scenes in the finale or whatever. Um, so it's it's like it's like it kind of feels like a waste of that potential, you know? Yeah. And what doesn't um, help is like I don't know if this was like planned for right now, but we find out later that this is basically like a silence ship. And their yeah, attempt no, that at was making... just them reusing. I think that was just them reusing a set. Wait, that's a thing. Yeah, no the 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 the, the ship interior from this is used as the interior of one of the silent ships in the series six opener, which was, I think just them reusing a set, but Moffat's like, eh, it's fine. There's continuity. Yeah. So (laughs) it's just like, (laughs) so it's just like, okay, there's the silence have like a time ship, but we, but they're, but they're fine using it like later. So it just, it adds more weird, shit there and i'm not gonna blame this episode too much for that because it's like you know that for i mean fucking some seeker of darkness but like he wasn't setting this up um obviously but it's just it's weird it's weird retroactively thinking about it that like oh maybe the tardis doesn't want to land because it's like oh he's not supposed to meet the silence yet it's there's a lot of dumb ways you could go with this but like at, at the end it's like it's a very serviceable um plot and like concept and premise to get this episode out of it so it's fine yeah um and really it's like i feel like i feel like in a season that aside from victory of the daleks has been incredibly like probably third place after series four and series one like this isn't bad but it feels kind of like a step back. It feels like a series two episode where it's just kind of like, yeah, it's, it's perfectly serviceable doctor who, but it's just, it doesn't, it doesn't have that spark. And I I might like, obviously not every budget episode is going to be a blink or a, a midnight, but like, Really, one of the things that I really like about a lot of the budget episodes is when the budget episodes get experimental with their lower budget. And I just, I kind of wish this did more than it actually did. Yeah, and I mean, obviously, I, I shouldn't be expecting that because it's fucking Ansem Seeker of Darkness and he doesn't <laughs> really do... That, that hasn't been his pedigree, but like... I feel like even Unicorn and the Wasp was better than this. I it, obviously I like Shakespeare this more Code than wasn't. Unicorn and the Wasp. <laughs> I think this. I think obviously this flows Shakespeare better. Code wasn't. Yeah, um, it definitely flows better. Um, I also just had more fun with it. I'd say. Mm-hmm. It feels like a more fun episode. Yeah, as I said, I like. I had fun watching it. It distracted me from like a really stressful final project i'm presenting tomorrow so you know it oh, no. it wasn't like 
emotionally a failure or anything. It's just I I I definitely see what you're what you're saying, Jeff, because there were certain times, just when, because the whole thing that the thing I liked the most, at least like conceptually in terms of like the actual plot and the actual like conflict was like the time loop stuff was pretty cool. And that was the only yeah. time I felt it get weird and experimental, like you were saying, but it's just, it's ultimately like something that's used, I think a grand total of like three or four times to be yeah. like, Oh, what's this weird shit happening? And it doesn't get into like the mechanics of that or like tries to tie it into the theme or the narrative at all beyond like, that it's happening. <laughs> so yeah. it was just moments like that, that I was just like, you know, this is, again, this is like very competent filler. This is something I can put on in the background and be like satisfied. But like this has potential and I'm kind of sad that like it only fulfills some yeah. of it. And it's like, even the filler episodes that don't feel as, as like, that don't feel like as experimental I feel like are are more interesting than this like what's oh what's a good example of just a complete and utter like filler relatively cheap uh boomtown let's say where it's like it doesn't other other than like the fact that Jack's on board, it doesn't really have too much to do with the overall arc, and it's not very expensive and doesn't have, and isn't super fancy or anything, but it's 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 a lot more thought provoking and and interesting and has more to say, like it's it like I prefer my filler episodes more like Vampires of Venice than your Idiot's Lantern. That's Definitely. what this feels like to me. This feels like Idiot's Lantern, where it's just like, I didn't really, I don't really have a problem with most of Idiot's Lantern until the very end, where it's like, yeah, forgive your shitty abusive father, which, no, <laughs> no. I think where I differ from you for that is that I think this episode succeeds where Idiot's Lantern fails, because it's like, it's not, and this, I guess this is damning with faint praise, but because it isn't trying for much, it succeeds at at the other stuff it is trying to do. Um, but yeah, I, think I, I just I have way too point. high standards for this show. I mean, when we have stuff like Human Nature, Family of Blood, not everything needs to be that, but at the same time, it's just like, yeah. As I said, I it may sound like I'm like bagging on this episode. I enjoyed it like quite a bit. Um I guess it's just like par for the course for this podcast now that like we've watched so much who like consecutively that it's very easy to point out the highs and the lows and like yeah. what makes what whichever of that that it is, you know. Um <laughs> Yeah, definitely. But yeah, not I'm try not to be nitpicky over here is just like yeah this is again competent i'm not gonna repeat myself <laughs> yeah um i will say i i will give uh shout outs to the i apologize to anyone listening that isn't from america soccer scene of <laughs> uh, especially if 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 only just because matt smith actually was a soccer player in his youth until he suffered an injury and, and couldn't do anymore and went into acting instead. So it, it's, it's very much like a, he knows what he's doing. 
kind of thing, and it, it fits very well with his his physicality. Yeah, I, I, I will say I loved that scene. Um, yes. Yeah, it's not bad. <laughs> that, that scene had me happy stimming a lot. I got very I got very very excited and had to pause the video because I was I was very overwhelmed with autistic happiness at that scene. Fair enough. I will say at least 30% of my enjoyment of this episode is coming from the euphoria I experienced watching that scene. <laughs> Fair, Fair enough. enough. Um, so yeah, uh, after that and some tension that develops between the doctor and Craig, because the doctor is wacky and Craig is normal. Um, uh, Craig touches the weird mold stuff on the wall, on the, the wall, uh, and gets, uh, poisoned, uh, which lays Craig out and, uh, Eleven goes and does, uh, his, goes and does his job for him, which really, I take umbrage with the fact that from what I understand, like a shitty call center, like executive boss person, would it all get along with whatever the doctor suggested? The doctor's way too anarchic for that. Even, even this one. That felt like more of a 12 moment than an 11 yeah. one. I'm going to be honest. Yeah. 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 I don't know. It's um, one of the very few, like, here's a gag moments. Yeah. Because I feel like even some of the lines, which is, like, another point I'll praise about this episode, is, like, where Eleven is saying, like, oh, I learned to cook in the 18th century, or was it the 17th? Um, oh, it's like I'm not used to doing them in the right order. Yeah. Like, that at least comes off as sincere and not him trying yeah. for a punchline. The call center bit feels like it's trying for a punchline. Yeah, definitely. Look at I, the wacky say, doctor just, man. Okay, now that you've now that you've pointed it out, this does feel like it could be written for twelve. I feel like I'd actually enjoy it a lot better if it was twelve and not eleven. Maybe just yeah. because Peter Capaldi could carry anything on his glorious Scottish back. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like but, that might be why I enjoyed this. But episode, also, is just because a lot of the parts feel like twelve. Yeah. Well, it's it's also just because I feel like Twelve's like somewhat gruffer demeanor would also be a lot more interesting. Now, obviously, it wouldn't work because Craig's obviously looking for someone more his age. But like, yeah, I'd, I'd probably dig this a lot more if it was if it had Twelve in it. Also, probably if it had Twelve in it, it would probably not be written by Ansem Seeker of Darkness because <laughs> while it's not confirmed, it's pretty, it's, it's, there has been rumors that Peter Capaldi is the reason why, uh, Ansem was, uh, removed from other Doctor Who projects. Because if I remember correctly, during the, there was uh, a rumor going around that during the filming of The Caretaker, like, they got into an argument on set and uh, Peter Capaldi almost walked off and, like, straight up said, I'm never going to work with him again if you, like, I will, like, leave if I have to work with him again. So good on you Got for him. eliminating turfs. <laughs> that, well I mean, done. That, that's what honestly, a, what a like, man. interesting that, that uh, he's 
I forget Ansem did Caretaker, but that's, like, kind of the same shtick, but, like, in a school setting. Because yeah. he's all like, oh, I can fit in with humans. And then the otter joke, but... Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Would be interesting yes. to see. At least the Caretaker doesn't have fucking Craig. <laughs> Anyways. Um... We get, so Craig gets really pissy and wants the doctor out, and the doctor, realizing that his cover is almost blown, uh, reveals himself to Craig by just psychic headbutting him, which, you know what? I'm gonna challenge people. New Who writers, use that shit more. I fucking dare you. Get weird with it. It was it was definitely a very physical way to show the, the um... Uh, Time Lord psychic bullshit. It was fun. I don't <laughs> like. Sure. Like I thought that the, the Craig being like, oh, it's, uh, uh, it was really annoying. But I think the actual mechanics of it is pretty funny, and they should do it. It was more. very funny. They should do like it much more. I like the idea that like humans being like less telepathically advanced, he can't just like beam it over normally. He has to like physically yeah. like get up there. Yeah. Jodie Whittaker headbutting yeah, her companions, yeah. please. Make yeah, it happen. Yeah, absolutely. Make it happen. <laughs> we know you um, love stealing stuff, Chibnall. You can take this. We're asking yeah, you, you this can time. Take, yeah, you can take this one. <laughs> um, And they get up to the... Sh well, and there's this big, like, oh no moment because it realized, they realize that uh, Sophie is the one who's gone up to the flat upstairs and it's like oh no she's in danger uh, and they go up there um really really i think there's something i'm gonna say that might fuck this up for at least skylar but when you think about it in a lot of ways the resolution to this and the resolution to closing time are identical yeah, here, okay, no, I did They're think of that. They're both alien technology is defeated by the power of love. Well, okay, here's here's the thing. I think it's internally consistent in this thing because of how they explain it with this ship needs someone to leave, like, who wants to leave because it's stupid, and that's, like, how the program is doing it. So Wait, like, wait, hang on a second. Moffat stole that shit for the pilot, and it was way better there. Well, yes, but we're not yeah. talking about that. <laughs> I didn't even think about that until now. My point being, I think you can get away with it this time, first of all, because it's the only time, and second, because it's it's not fucking cyber conversion. Yeah. So, Craig, like, yeah. Craig comes back from cyber conversion through the power of love. <laughs> Thanks, yeah. Doctor Who. <laughs> so true. So true. <laughs> Thoughts and prayers, lads. Thoughts anyway, and prayers. Literally, wait, this is the pilot, isn't it? Fuck. But good. It's the pilot, but good. I mean, no, wait. No, the other way around. The pilot is this, but good. <laughs> I'm just saying, I'll defend it in this instance. You are right in that the second time it's lazy because they reuse it and it's worse and it's Cybermen. So, fuck you. You can't ruin this for me. <sighs> also, it feels like 
I did I I might have missed the mechanics explanation, but I thought that what the problem was was that it was just like burning up humans because it wasn't like humans weren't powerful enough for it. Was it just that Eleven's too powerful? Because I feel like Eleven would be like what they're looking for. Well, yeah, and this goes more into the thing that it probably that it d most definitely wasn't the silence at first, and only retroactively yeah. is that. But it it's both. It's that humans are too weak. And the program is looking, it's simplistic, and it's just like, we need to leave, therefore we need a pilot yeah. who wants to leave. So Man, it's both. Man, you think the people in this universe would program their fucking autopilot less terribly? Who the fuck designed this? Microsoft? <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, Kavarian is evil and stupid, so. Yeah. Half tracks. <laughs> All right. Um, so yeah, it, the 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 machine is defeated by Craig touching it because Craig has absolutely no desire to leave. I don't really know why, but okay. I'll admit Fair the metaphor enough. gets mixed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, then uh, Eleven tries to get out of there uh, before they start fucking and almost succeeds. No. <laughs> that's not even that's not even a joke. That's straight up that they, they straight up say that. Yeah, you're right. So true. Um, so true. <laughs> Damn it. Um, and then it's like, oh, uh, behind behind the refrigerator is the uh, cr the crack for this episode. Ooh, you know what? You know what? This one feels kind of tacked on, and I kind of appreciate last week when uh, they didn't have one because the episode didn't need it. Like yeah. I know it's like the bad wolf thing, but like. Bad Wolf feels like it can be sneaked in a lot more naturally than the crack, which I guess like the point of the crack is like, oh, it's everywhere, but like, yeah. Yeah, and I think one of us sort of made that point, um, like last week or the week before. It just the, there was one good use of the crack, and it was the Angels episode. And every yeah. other time, it feels like they just sort of write it in at the end of the episode, and they're just like, "Look, it's the fucking thing! Look, it's look, it's the yeah. thing!" Whereas Bad Wolf was more was weaved throughout the series one episodes more, and in different places yeah. because it was just two words as opposed to a physical thing. Mm-hmm. And you didn't even need it this time because, like, we get a perfect reminder of, like, the arc and, like, the consequences of the crack in time when Amy accidentally finds the ring. Like, and obviously she thinks it's something else because she doesn't remember Rory, but that's still, like, that's still an effective reminder that's, like, yeah. better presented than the crack usually is. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I guess that's it, unless anybody else has, anybody else has anything to say. Um, I don't know. I, I, I will just reiterate that I like It's this fucking episode. Craig. What else do we have to talk about, man? <laughs> I like this episode. Um, I thought that Eleven was 
good in it. I do think 12 would have worked better, but I think 11 was good in it. And I, I enjoyed the dynamic between him and Craig, and I think it worked well. Um, I just, yeah. I mean, it's not the greatest episode, but I think it's one of those ones that is just like, you, you look at it and you're like, yeah, that's a Doctor Who episode. And Doctor Who is good, so it's just good. Fair enough. Um, so yeah, so I true. guess mo I guess moving on to ratings. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't hate it. It's fine. I just wish, I just wish it was more, and it's very clearly not, and that just kind of bums me out. And there isn't really. I don't know. I just every time I watch this episode, it's just kind of like, eh, take it or leave it. It like I feel like I can't even say like, I can't even really say like like, <laughs> oh, I'd put this on if I just wanted to watch a cozy Doctor Who filler episode. Like, even I think I think if this ep someone put this episode on just out of the blue, I'd be like, could we like change it to something else? I wouldn't cause like a huge stink, but I'd be like, why, why this one, man? Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, yeah, it's, it's fine. I just, isn't really my bag. Uh, fuck you, Skylar B minus. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, that wasn't entirely just to spite you. I think a C would like a C would be more like Journey's End than this. Yeah. Like to get down to C, there has to be something I actively dislike. Whereas here, it's just like eh, I don't care either way. Hey, you're subverting my expectations. Um, hashtag Ryan Johnson. Um, anyways, <laughs> yeah, I I enjoyed this episode. It entertained me, um, despite me remembering that James Corden is in it. So, you know, hey, accomplishment there. Um, this is probably Ansem's best episode to me um, so far anyways. Um, yeah, I mean, what can you say about it? 11 is good because it's it's not post too horny 11. The romantic um, dynamic between Sophie and Craig, what little of it there is, it, it's at least distinguishable because it's not written by Moffat and therefore Sophie is not a step on me um or step on you wife yeah. um so that's yeah. that's that's different um plot is serviceable alien threat is like conceptually interesting but they rarely take advantage of like anything to do with that um yeah it is it is slightly overcompetent um filler <laughs> Um, and I wouldn't mind if it was put on in the background and I just needed to have something to listen to while I did my homework. Um, it's a solid B. Um, yeah, I think this episode was good. Um, it, it has a good dynamic between the Doctor and, um, Craig. I, I think that it's fine for what it is. It's just, it's just you know... It's a filler episode, and it, it does a fine job at that. I don't think it really needs to be anything more than it is right now. Um, I didn't really expect or want anything too fancy from it, and I remembered it being a fine episode, and it's a fine episode. It's just one of those episodes where you look at it, and you're like, yeah, that's a, that's just an average episode of Doctor Who. It's just pretty good. 
Uh, so I'd say it's like 7.75 out of 10. It's pretty good. Fair enough. Um, yeah, so next week uh, we will be discussing the Series 5 finale. The Pandora opens in the Big Bang. Um, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, until then, you can follow the podcast on Twitter at B2TardisPod, and you can uh, support us on Patreon for a number of benefits like early access to episodes, the ability to listen in live to episodes being recorded, and the ability to potentially even guest star on an episode of your choosing. Uh, I'm Jeff. You can follow me on Twitter at WheatleyDL. I don't have a joke. You can find me at skyhigh9 underscore 5 on the twitter.com where I will fail to make you laugh once again. Uh, and I am Sylvian of the Quixotic System. You can find us at nestquixotic on twitter.com. And we will see you all next week.